Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Ed McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nichol. And today on the show, we're going to be talking about deferred capital maintenance. Now, you're probably thinking, what the hell is deferred capital maintenance? And what it is, is it is the situation where if you buy an existing property, you buy it today, and then in 10 years, it requires a new roof, or it requires uh, significant expense on the hot water cylinder. It requires significant expense uh, rewiring the house. And we know that this happens. It's not something we necessarily budget for uh, in our day-to-day expenses, but it's something that needs to happen every couple of months. Sorry, not months, every every couple of decades. And uh, this is actually a concept that has been brought to our attention and is often promoted by Matthew Gilligan from Gilligan Rowan Associates, very, very intelligent uh, property accountant based in Auckland. And this is often an argument given as to why you would invest in one of the main centres as opposed to a smaller town. So what we often see in small towns is because the price of properties is really low, often things like rewiring a house, replacing the roof, often get deferred. We don't do them because they can't be capitalised. So if you've, and what I mean by that is if you invest in a $150,000 house or a $200,000 house, if you have to spend $20,000 on rewiring the house or replacing the roof, you're probably not going to do it. You're probably going to put it off because it doesn't really make financial sense for you to do it straight away, but it still needs to happen in order for you to, to, to continue to tenant the house. And so what Andrew and I have in front of us are different cash flow situations, different uh, property investment analyses, uh, comparing a, a, an investment in the main centre to a small town. Because the idea behind this is if that you were to invest in the same house, the same actual physical house, whether it is in Rotorua or in Auckland or Wellington, it's still going to cost roughly the same amount to replace the roof. It's going to cost roughly the same amount to rewire the house but of course it makes more sense to do it on a higher price property because that twenty thousand dollars is a smaller proportion of 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 the the price of the property and so essentially what this all boils down to is although even though you may get a lower gross yield on a property in one of the main centers compared to a smaller town at the end of the day because over a 10-year period you've got to factor in that extra $20,000, you can actually, in the situation I've got in front of me, be $35,000 worse off if investing in a smaller town than in one of the main centres. And that's even if the property in a smaller town is cash flow positive, because you've got to, first of all, account for tax, and then you've got to account for that extra $20,000 of spend that you've got to got to look into. Andrew, I've seen you scribbling away on this this cash flow I've prepared for you. What jumps out at you? Well, actually, take us through the numbers in full uh, first, I think, Ed, and then I'll, then I'll go through my notes. I'll critique. Yeah, sure. So uh, what I've got set up in front of me is an Auckland property that's been purchased for $750,000. And yes, you can buy properties for $750,000 in Auckland. It's renting for $650 a week. And I'm comparing to this... Uh, with a small town town property, uh, say it's in Eltham, for $150,000 and it is renting for $240 a week. So the gross yield on a prop on the Auckland property is 
4.51%. The gross yield on their Altham property or small town property is 8.32%. And then what I've got, and I think this is really important as well, is I'm looking at the OPEX, so the operational costs. So I'm thinking the rates, the accounting, the property management, the vacancy, uh, the tenanting fees or leasing fees. And what we've got is operational costs for the Auckland property of uh, $9,500 and in the small town Altham property of $6,500. Now, what something that will jump out to you uh, is that that as a proportion, the, the small town property is more expensive. It's got higher uh, higher operational costs as a proportion of the purchase price. Now, why is that? Well, if you were listening to uh, a couple of episodes ago, you would have heard that that rates, even in smaller towns, don't tend to be that much proportionally cheaper because smaller towns have smaller populations, but they still have to fund the council. So they've got relatively high uh, rates or property taxes as a proportion of or uh, as a proportion of the actual. Actual property value. Uh, uh, similarly, you've still got accounting fees. A, a property accountant's going to charge you the same amount, whether, you know, roughly speaking, whether the uh, property is in Wellington or Auckland, it doesn't matter what the value of the property is. So, as a proportion, you have higher costs with that uh, small town property. Um, so, that's why you've got $9,500 worth of operational costs for the Auckland property and 6500 for the small town, despite the fact that the small town property is. Um, is, is five times cheaper than the Auckland property. Now, what that actually means is the net yield. So after accounting for those operational costs, the net yield on the Auckland property is 3.24%, whereas for the small town, it's 3.99%. So there's only 0.75 percentage points difference between the Auckland and the small town property, despite the fact that the small town property had almost four percentage points higher gross yield than the Auckland property. So that's the first thing to note, that there is a real difference between the, the, the gross yields and the net yields. Then what I've got as well on top of that is let's say that you finance this at 100% at say 3 point, so you borrow all of the money to purchase this property at 3.5% uh, 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 interest rate. Now the Auckland property is going to be, uh, it's going to cost a total of $2,000 Per year to own, whereas the 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 uh, small town property is going to earn you seven hundred and thirty dollars. So it's going to be cash flow positive. So then, if we look at it at over ten years, it's going to cost you about twenty thousand dollars to own the Auckland property, but the uh, small town property is going to earn you seven thousand three hundred dollars. So a bit of a difference there, about about twenty seven thousand dollars. Then you've got to account for tax. Because if your property is cash flow positive, it doesn't matter if you're going to have uh, deferred capital maintenance in 10 years. You've still got to pay tax every year on that. Uh, so that means that, broadly speaking, that $7,300 worth of cash flow that your small town properties bought you is actually going to be just under $5,000. And actually, that was a really interesting point that I did um, highlight because um, I, I'm a shocker for just looking at a cash flow positive property and forgetting about the tax I need to pay. Uh, hopefully no one from the IRD is listening. And so um, once you take out a third for the tax, it really does impact um, the, the end numbers. And the other thing that, if we just start looking at the bottom lines, once you account for, say, $20,000 worth of deferred capital maintenance, so replacing that roof, roof over, over a 10-year period, the Auckland property 
is de- is in terms of cash flow down uh, thirty nine thousand five hundred dollars. So say forty k, and the small town property is down fifteen thousand dollars. Once accounting for that, so both are cash flow negative over a ten year period. The Auckland property more so, but remember that 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 the value of the property initially was five times higher than the small town property. Now, if we just look at the bottom line and look at the equity, from spending that $40,000 on the Auckland property, you would have uh, made, in terms of equity, $472,000. Now, with the small town property spending $15,000, you would have made $94,000. So you would have made significantly more on the Auckland property um, and your return on spend on the Auckland property is about 12 times. It's actually 11.94 times. And the return on the money you'd spent on the small town property is 6.24 times. So essentially, if you were to buy the same amount of property it's $750,000 and the small town, you would have had to spend in terms of cash flow a total of $75,000 once you account for deferred capital maintenance. Whereas in order to get the same amount of equity gain as the Auckland property, whereas in Auckland you would have only spent $40,000. So there is a real difference. If you still want to get that $472,000 of equity gain, there is a real $35,000 of difference you would have to put in, as well as all of the emotional stress of investing <laughs> in the small towns versus the big town. Andrew, um, that, that, those those are the main numbers, and I'll probably have to screenshot this and 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 put we'll the, put, put we'll it put in the, the show notes. In the notes. But yeah, I just uh, the things that stood out to me: the net yield is quite similar, and this is without even thinking about the deferred maintenance. So three point nine nine in the small town versus three point two four, and I know we harp on about um, about uh, net yield being the one to follow, um, but it's just interesting that the net yield is so similar. Also, um, it's been very, very, very kind here by using a capital growth rate of 5% for Auckland and for the small town. Let's face it, if a small town's getting 5%, Auckland's probably getting 8 And so all of a sudden your return on spend is so much more. And and uh, I really do, <laughs> thank you for identifying that, Andrew. I, I really try when putting these uh, these these kinds of spreadsheets together to to not try and and um, tries to err on the side of being yeah. completely biased. Unbiased. Unbiased. Yes, I, I don't want people to look at these numbers and think um, they 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 primarily recommend new properties to to investors, and so therefore they've they've been kind with the numbers. Um, they, these is this is just what it is, and what it just comes back to um, when you when you you know throw the spreadsheet away. How dare you if you do? Um, is is the fact that whether you replace a roof in Auckland or you replace it in Gisborne, it costs. whatever it happens to be, in order to replace that roof. The costs are not that dissimilar. Um, Same for rewiring a house, same for any of these. But if your house is worth $200,000, $300,000 in Gisborne and it's worth $1.5 million in Auckland or a million dollars in Auckland, then it's much easier to swallow. It doesn't affect your cash flow as much. Because if you have to buy five houses in Gisborne to get the same amount of, of investment as you do in Auckland, Auckland, 
then then you're going to spend $100,000 replacing roofs in Gisborne, but only $20,000 in Auckland. And so there's an $80,000 difference in terms of deferred capital maintenance that you've got to look out for. These are hidden costs. Yeah, and this I think this is why we put out this podcast and put out all this information, because we want people to make informed decisions. Um, we're not necessarily the solution for everyone, but we want people to be able to make really informed decisions knowing what the bottom line is. And too often, we'll read a Property Investor Magazine article and it'll be focused on gross yield. Too often we don't think about these things and you look at you go chasing yield but you sacrifice somewhere it's economics you're always giving something up to get something so you need to be thinking about where do I need to spend money to make money um, rather than looking at saving money because you'll sacrifice so much growth in the long term well hey let's wrap it up there but please don't forget to rate review and subscribe to this podcast it really does help us get the message out to more people and hey if you if you've been listening for a while and you're thinking hey I think I'm ready to become a first time property investor then why not just tap or swipe over that cover art I'm going to link you to our property investor quiz which in just seven questions is going to give you a yes no or maybe answer as to whether you're in a position right now to invest in property and make that first investment and on top of that it's going to give you a full rundown about what your numbers actually mean there's some pretty cool digital magic-y stuff in the background that happens but I don't need to go into that here thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast I'm your host Ed McKnight and I'm Andrew Nichol and we're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies tactics and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market until next time